खिलाफत के अमी हम हैं अमानत हम संभालेंगे जो नेमत छिन वी बिलीव इन इक्वेलिटी ऑफ ह्यूमन बीइंग्स इन द रूल ऑफ लॉ एंड वी आर अगेंस्ट ऑल टाइप्स ऑफ ऑपरेशन वेलकम टू द एमकेए यूएसए वाइब रन बाय मजलिस कुदामल अहमदिया यूएसए America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. We're here to share a weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected imams and wisdom from different sources. Khalifa ke labon se jo gulo jo har bikharte hain ഉബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബിലുബ
and then send him to this earth and then cause him to die so that all people could be saved. Now as absurd as that story is, there are more than a billion people in the world who believe this story. Let me highlight a little bit about what we believe the truth of this story is. And it's this basic understanding which they missed. It is that Hazrat Adam salam was commanded to stay away from a tree, not a physical one, but a family tree. A group of people, a family, they were told not to have any relationship, their jamaat should stay away from that family. There is no reason for them to establish a relationship with that family. By mistake, he established a relationship. By doing so, the outcome was that that family started to share and expose all of their private things, all of their private news and their privacy that they had within the family, within their jamaat. They started to expose it and adding all kinds of lies and falsehood, sharing their fake news, so to speak. So much so that the whole jamaat became doubtful and it began to shake in its core. And then the Quran says that they were naked and Allah commanded them to cover themselves with leaves. Again, the Bible takes it literally. But based on the Holy Quran's interpretation, it is not literal. Leaves are a sign of the youth, the youngsters, the new generation. And so Allah commanded Hazrat Adam now that your jamaat has been shaken, it is time for you to rebuild this jamaat. The best way to rebuild it is take the youth, take the youngsters, lift them up and cover your jamaat with them. And in this way, you will be able to build a jamaat of believers again. Why is this important? Because by associating with a certain family, with a certain group of people, what happened? They started to share all kinds of things of their private nature. That was none of their business to share. The moral of that story is that you have to cover each other's weaknesses. You cannot share information about people willy-nilly, as you please. The more you spread various evils, in this case, the more the peace of the society is destroyed. Number one. Number two, the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from his example and the guidance from the Holy Quran, it talks about there's another kind of peace that is connected to privacy. And that is the peace of a domestic life, a life between husband and wife. The Quran says, they are a garment for you and you are a garment for them. You cover their weaknesses, they will cover yours. You do not share their private information with other people. This is between you and your wife. Again, this is to illustrate the peace of your family. If you don't, if you share this information, the peace gets destroyed. But there's a small point that I mentioned a few months back that was highlighted by Hazrat Khalifatul Masih Rabi Rahimullah. And the Quran and Hadith also point to this. If you see a weakness in somebody, does this mean you put a blind eye and allow that weakness to spread in society? Absolutely not. You first, with your own hands and your own tongue, try to remedy it. 
if you are not able to remedy it, then you are obliged to share that information with a concerned person. Not with everybody, not with whoever you like to, or you share it as if it's gossip. You take that information, you take it to the one person who is concerned and who can resolve that issue, whatever that weakness may be. And then the rest, of course, you leave it to Allah. The third thing I want to kind of introduce as we're, as we're building up this topic a little bit, and that is that Allah says in the Holy Quran that we have a certain purpose. What is our purpose? Our purpose is to worship Allah. Now many people think that worship Allah here means I read my five daily prayers, that's my purpose. That's incorrect. Hazrat Khalifatul Musi Rabbi very clearly said, and eloquently, he said that it actually means to adopt the different colors, the varying colors of Allah. What are those colors? Those are His attributes. The purpose of life is not to physically worship like you are in Salat, but to worship in Ibadat, in being like God, in His image, behaving like Him. How can you do that? By following His example. What are His examples? His different attributes. We are so blessed that we have the Holy Quran. There's so many attributes there. He is merciful. He's, you know, he's so many things. And one of those specific characteristics and qualities and attributes is that God is As-Sattar. See all these names written here on the wall? One of them will be As-Sattar. Sattar is one who is a concealer, a cover. The attribute is that he covers the weaknesses of me and you. Why? To give you another chance. So that the door of forgiveness is still open. If every sin we do gets exposed, what will happen? Forget, what, what do you, nobody's going to forgive us, right? And we are all weak. And if we were to adopt this quality, remember this is our job, our worship, our ibadat, to adopt the qualities of God, then that means we too have to not only cover our own weaknesses, but we have to cover others as well. It is not fair if somebody were to go around and share different news and information about people. And the Promise Messiah said that this quality of as-sattar, the concealer, is very unique to Islam. No other religion has this, this particular attribute of God. To give you an example, if you were to go to a Catholic church right now, you would attend something called confession. Anybody has heard this before? What do you do in confession? You confess your sins before another human being. Islam knows nothing of such. There is no concept of confession in Islam. Not me as an imam, I don't want to hear it. Not you as a zaim or a qaid. Nobody wants to hear what weaknesses you have. Unless you need help, of course. But we are not here to sit there and say, oh, come and tell me all the weaknesses you have. And there are countless ahadiths that showed this, that there were times when somebody would tell the Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, a weakness or a fault or a crime, and he would turn his face away from them. And then they would insist again, and then he would turn away again, and they would insist a third time, he says, now I've heard it three times, now I have to issue some sort of punishment, a societal punishment. Now, why does God need to cover things? Again, I've kind of highlighted it already, but think about it. Allah covers it so that He gives you another chance for forgiveness. 
And it's basically so you can improve yourself. Because every single thing we do, we have to admit we are weak people. We are very weak. We make mistakes, we forget. So Allah keeps saying, I will forgive you. But how will I forgive you? I will conceal the various weaknesses you have so that you have another chance. You wake up another day and you can start fresh. So the point is we have to start fresh. More importantly, if you are doing something destructive, instead of spreading it, making it public, and in, in turn causing more people to mimic it, you are to tell a concerned person who can help them. So just to give you an idea, Islam basically says that if you have a problem, keep it to yourself, and if you need help, take it to somebody who can help you. But that's of course a genuine person who knows he has a problem. What if you are doing something bad, intentionally, you know that it's a bad thing? At that point, again, Islam says, keep it to yourself. Do not spread it. Because once you have spread it, you have double, double punishment. Because now you are influencing others to do it. To give you an example, growing up in California, I don't know whether you, all of you have seen, watched news back in the day, but it, there was always car chases on TV, all the time. You would have one car chase today, all the TV channels were watching the car chase, and everybody's on TV watching it, oh he's going here, he made a left, oh he just drove by my house, so on and so forth. And then they realized that after one day or two days of showing this kind of car chase, people started mimicking it. They wanted to be famous. So they would intentionally do a car chase. They had no reason to run away from the police, they would do it on purpose. And this increased, increased so much so that I believe now they're not allowed to show car chases on TV. And I remember the last car chase I saw on TV was there was a man, he went on like a ramp. You know, they have freeway ramps, highway ramps. So he drove on the ramp and he stopped his car. He had an old truck and he gets out. And again, all the cameras, every single news channel is watching him. He pulls out a big rifle. He lays it on the edge of the, the ramp. He puts his head over it, and all the cameras are live. He shoots himself in the head, and it's all shown live on TV. I remember that image like I saw it yesterday. That was a shock for them, so they stopped. But again, all of this was because one person did it. Now society thought it was normal, so more people got out to do it. Other examples, of course, are serial killers. They have people who, once they watch a series on a serial killer, they go and mimic it. They go doing the exact same thing. So much so that some people think that it's the same serial killer even though he's in jail. Again, when you do one bad thing, it leads to others following it as well. I also remember that even within this society, they acknowledge this, they understand. That in society, once you allow evil or bad things to come out, more people will do them. I remember there used to be a song called Suicide. I don't know if any of you have heard it. Long time ago, it was on the radio. Now the song was called Suicide. So what do they do? On the radio, they remove the word suicide. On the radio, you will never listen to a song that says the word suicide. Why? Because it will encourage people to commit suicide. So even in this Western society, they acknowledge the fact that when you do something that is bad, it can influence others to do it. This is exactly what Islam is highlighting. With that said, basically Islam says that God covers your weaknesses, all of our weaknesses in this life, 
so that he can forgive them in the hereafter. And that's the connection between concealing and forgiving. But there is a condition. And this is what I want to share with us today. There's a hadith in which our beloved Hazur, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih al-Khamis, Ayyadullah Ta'ala bin Asazid mentioned. He says a hadith informs us that God covers up a believer in countless covers. Each time a believer commits a sin, a cover is torn until there remains no cover. This is when God says to his angels to cover his servant with their wings. If this believer repents, if he stops, if he repents upon being covered by the angels, Allah restores the covers. In fact, He restores them ninefold. However, if the believer does not repent, God tells the angels to abandon him. This is when all the failings and sins of the person are made apparent. What this means, basically, let me explain it to you. When you do something wrong or you commit a sin, beforehand, Allah already has all these covers to cover your weaknesses. The moment you do something wrong, you've committed a sin, what happens? Allah tears away a cover. And even you as a person, you know that the first time you commit a sin or you do something wrong, what happens? Your heart really feels it. But as you go further doing the same thing over and over, what happens? You become numb to it. Those are the different covers that Allah is tearing apart. Until there's a point when you know that today I should have gotten caught. And yet I did it. Why? Allah had sent the angels to cover you with their wings. But then what happens? At that moment, you have a choice. You knew deep down inside, this was my last chance. I should have gotten caught today. I didn't. Allah is saying, repent. If you do not, what happens? Allah tells the angels, abandon him now. Let him be. What happens? The next crime you do, sometimes it's really small. It's something not as big scale as you've done in the past. And everything gets exposed. Everything catches up to you. This is what Allah is saying. In fact, Hazur goes on to say, he said, God likes modesty. But this does not signify that he is modest to state something. So God likes modesty, but he won't be modest when he's telling you something. Rather, he protects his servants from any potential embarrassment. However, when and if the stage is reached where man is brazen and does not benefit from God's covering of faults, he is then humiliated. Indeed, God does not protect the shame of those who are habitual in their actions. And their most concealed and hidden sins are also revealed. Hazur said we should continually pray. This is the main point I'm trying to address here. That there's a part of us, there's a culture that we have, and we should understand that we should conceal our weaknesses. We should conceal each other's weaknesses. We should help each other. And most importantly, if you are doing something bad, you should not bring it before the society. You should not be spreading it. This brings me to what is today, I think, the most opposing culture against the attribute of al-Sattar, and that is a culture we have of Snapchat. Now, those of you who know what it is, let me explain a little bit. 
Those of you who have no idea, just understand that there is a social media app in which people will do things and they feel that whatever they've done after one second or 10 seconds or 30 seconds, the image will disappear. And in this way, they can do whatever they want and the image doesn't get saved somewhere. First of all, that's a misunderstanding. Whatever images you have, they're saved at some sort of magical cloud somewhere in the world. And looking at the data breaches that are happening nowadays, so frequently there's no social media app that is safe. And you can ask any IT guy, he will tell you. Do not think that any app is giving you this false sense of privacy, it does not exist. But more importantly, on this same platform, they are not only showing things that they would not otherwise, they are doing things that they should not be doing. And this is the problem. The app itself is harmless. It's the way we use it that gets defined whether it's useful or not. God says that we should conceal our weaknesses and our faults. And every time we do something wrong, He removes one level of covering. Now, again, like I said, if you do something wrong, Allah is saying, I'm covering it for you. But you say, no Allah, don't worry, I have Snapchat. I'm gonna just share with a few friends and then you can cover it after 30 seconds. Right? That's basically what we're saying. And another challenge is that sometimes we are sharing things with a group of people that we would not share otherwise. If that same video I told you was going to be shared on YouTube and permanently stay there, how many of us would snap a certain image, a certain video, a certain clip? Most of us would be more careful. And that is the point of this app. It gives you that false idea of privacy. Worst thing is that some of us will do bad things intentionally, thinking that nobody will find out. And I'll share it amongst my friends. And once he shares it, guess what? The next friend wants to do something bad again. So although you're not bringing it before us, there is a social or society that you're sharing it with. And it goes back to the same premise I was mentioning earlier. If you do something bad, Islam says we will help you. Allah says I will cover your weakness. But the moment you do something bad that affects society, then Allah says not only will your covers be removed, you will be punished by society as well. Another element that people forget is again, everybody thinks that they're safe and nobody will share anything. The problem is that there are various ways for somebody to record what you have done. For example, on the app, those of you who know or don't know, is that if somebody were to see a picture on the other end, you've shared a picture and somebody sees it on the other end, if they were to screenshot it, it will notify you. So you will know the guy's creepy and you will not let him follow you. But there's another way of doing it. If you take another phone and just record the screen, what happens? He doesn't find out, right? This is the exact problem that's happening in this world today. There was a story I read in which a girl who was in high school, very educated, very bright girl, had a whole life ahead of her. She shared a picture of herself in the nude with one of her classmates. They took that picture and shared it in the whole school. The next day, 
they found out she had killed herself. She could not bear what had happened to her. She did not realize that that would have resulted in her making such a decision. Now suicide is not okay in any way or form. But a culture that brings a child all the way to this idea that I must live or die because of what has happened is exactly the problem. And this is what I'm trying to address. Islam basically says, if for whatever reason you have a bad habit, a sin, some kind of weakness, do it in closed doors. Do not in any way spread and share your evil with others. You will get double punishment for each person that was influenced to do what you did. In addition, you shouldn't do bad things without an idea of a consequence. There are consequences, and like this hadith mentions, they will catch up to you. Eventually, Allah will remove the covers and you will be exposed. And that's all of us. We all have this weakness. So we have to say astaghfar, we have to ask Allah for forgiveness, and we have to realize that things can be exposed. Whatever our deepest, darkest secrets are, there could be a point when we have lost all the covers and now they're going to be revealed. May Allah not let that happen, but it can happen. And again, Whatever evil you are doing, it will come back to hurt you. <clears throat> Just like I mentioned that there are data breaches today, you could be 20 years down the line, have a family, living a happy life, good job. And images could appear of your previous Snapchat life that nobody knew about. And it could completely crumble the family life or whatever life you had established at that point. So protect yourself now. And the reason I'm not telling parents go and delete this app from your kids' phones, because no matter what you do, they can share it not only with a group, they can share it with individuals, like I mentioned to that girl. The point is the kids, you guys have to educate yourself. Realize for a moment that what you're doing on any platform is public. Doesn't matter what false notion of privacy it gives you. And beyond that, you shouldn't be doing dumb things anyways. You should realize what you're doing and what consequences they will have. A way that you can kind of correct this culture a little bit. Number one is please don't go home and start removing people you think are snitches, okay? It's not gonna work, okay? Number two, in your mind, you should have sort of an idea that let's say, for example, if, if all the khudam are here, if all of you khudam had me as a friend on Snapchat, is it something that you would share and let me see? Think of it like that. And I tell you because this is personally how I protected myself to some extent back when email was invented. Okay? <laughs> some of you don't even know there was an era when email came out. Hotmail was the biggest thing out. And I remember at that time a lot of people had emails and they would have personal relationship with people and they would keep it private and secret. And the reason you wouldn't know is because they knew the password, they, they would keep their password secret and everything they were communicating was just unknown. This is how it all started. At that time, in my own home, I had my password known amongst the whole family. I would yell it out, scream it, everybody knew what it was. And I said, I have nothing to hide. If my father were to read it, and I also used to tell myself, if 30 years from now my kids were to read any email I wrote, what would they say? How would they judge me? Because whatever I write is, is getting stored somewhere. It's not going to disappear. And so that's what we have to remind ourselves. Whether you're a kid or you're an adult, 
whatever it is, whatever you do today, Allah says, it will be saved for the tomorrow, for, for some, some time in the future. This is why I have read the verse of the Holy Quran in the beginning. Again, I will repeat it. Indeed, Allah enjoins justice and the doing of good to others and giving like kindred. And Allah says, I forbid indecency. This is what that is. And manifest evil, taking evil and sharing it, getting it out, manifesting that evil. And wrongful transgression, He admonishes you that you may take heed. Anybody who thinks, anybody who thinks that having an affair or sleeping with somebody or having sexual intercourse is okay, I would like to read a hadith to you. It is narrated by Hazrat Aisha. She says, The Holy Prophet Muhammad said, O followers of Muhammad, there is none who has a greater sense of self respect than Allah. So he has forbidden that his slave, meaning servant, commits illegal sexual intercourse or his slave girl commits illegal sexual intercourse. O followers of Muhammad, if you but knew what I know, you would laugh less and weep more. About alcohol, it is narrated by Hazrat Ibn Umar who He says that the Holy Prophet Muhammad said, Allah has cursed alcohol. Allah has cursed the one who drinks it. Allah has cursed the one who pours it. Allah has cursed the one who sells it. Allah has cursed the one who buys it. Allah has cursed the one who squeezes it, meaning from grapes. And Allah has cursed the one for whom it is squeezed. And Allah has cursed the one who carries it. And Allah has cursed the one to whom it is carried. There are ahadith at that time in which people were very poor and they would only have one or two glasses in their home. And because alcohol was forbidden, the glasses that they had were typically the glasses that they used to use for alcohol. But the Holy Prophet Muhammad <laughs> said that if you've ever used even that glass for alcohol in the past, throw it away. Do not even use it for something else. You have to completely eliminate that aspect of your life. So again, if you have friends, and friends are taking you to places like pubs, or clubs, or wherever, hookah bars, whatever, name it. If they're taking you to these places, it is only a matter of time. And this goes against the directions of our Master Prophet Muhammad It is not okay to go to those places. If you have such friends, get new ones. There are eight, nine million people in New York City, you can find another friend. That's the point. The last thing I want to say is, there's a very nice book, I wish everybody to read it, written by the Promised Messiah How to be free from sin. The brief gist of it is, that when you look at sin, the biggest challenge is people think there's some magical way for us to be free from sin. 
they will either rely on Jesus dying on the cross, as I mentioned in the beginning, or they will say, oh, we're born Jewish, or various other things. Or even Muslims think that as long as I'm a Muslim, I'm going to heaven and I can be free from sin. The promised Messiah said, no. You want to get away from these things? Realize that those sins affect you just like if you were to take your hand and stick it in fire. How your hand would burn and the fear that would be in your heart from doing that, that is how you have to treat sin. And until you do that, you will not free yourself from sin. He said, if only you knew that doing this particular sin or that particular sin is like drinking a glass of poison. If only you knew, you would never have done that sin. Whether it's as simple as people think backbiting is okay, no big deal. Whatever they may be, that is how detrimental they are to your soul. I'll give you an example. You have a glass of milk. Everybody would drink a glass of milk without a problem. Unless, of course, you're lactose intolerant. But if you're not, you would drink a glass of milk without a problem. What if I put a small, tiny drop of urine in it? How many of us would drink it? Nobody. That is the kind of treatment you have to give to sin. Sin is actually damaging your soul. It is completely destroying it. And if you understood that, you would stay away from sin. And that's the main message that the Promised Messiah has given us. May Allah help us to do that. Ameen. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Ali Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim inna ka hamidun majid. Khalifa ke labo se jo gulo johar bikharte You've been listening to the MKA Vibe by Majlis Qudamal Ahmadiyya USA, America's oldest and largest Muslim male youth organization. Subscribe to get more of our weekly recap of the latest in Friday sermons, speeches, lessons from our respected Imams and wisdom from different sources. Tweet us your ideas and thoughts at Muslim Youth USA.